Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? This is Mark Marin. This is WTF. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening to my show. I feel purged. I feel relieved. Uh, me and the uh, me and the gal went to a little uh, uh, couples counseling hoedown, and uh, I squirted out a few tears. I left feeling like my my heart's asshole was is bleeding. So that's good. That's a good session, man. I leveled it out. Thank God, you know, I, I got her there, and we're working stuff out. And as I told you before, we're actually seeing a couple of therapists who are a couple. It's fucking beautiful. It's uh, it's a uh, it's like a very intense uh, you know hour of uh, cocktails. How would you describe? It? It's not a dinner party. It's not hors d'oeuvres. It's not a snack. It's um it's two couples sitting down to hash out one couple's problems uh, while the other couple listens, and they are professionals. I know it sounds strange, but it was pretty good. And there's there's nothing wrong with crying in front of your girlfriend and another couple. Uh, you know, if you're if you're paying for it and uh, it's helpful somehow, I guess we'll see in the long run if it is. You know, it's good to open that thing up. It's good to open the heart, you know, and, and let let it, let it just kind of bleed out a little bit, kind of purge its butt, you know, because I think the heart's got a, a, an ass and you've just got to, something's got, I don't know, maybe this metaphor isn't really holding up. I guess what I'm trying to say is, uh, you know, I, I feel good. You know, when I went in there, things weren't good uh, because I'm nuts. And uh, when I left, uh, I think I'm still nuts, but I think I released a little bit. I released a little of my craziness right out of my heart's asshole, which is what the heart's asshole is for. Unfortunately, it had to, you know, someone, you know, we all had to reach in there and get it. So there was a little little tissue tear but uh i'm all right too graphic is it too graphic should i do it in another voice should i make a character up maybe i should make a character up that's my heart hey pal don't try and fucking get in here all right this is on lockdown all right buddy only the only time i'm squirting out a few is for commercials cat problems and when you're talking to someone you don't know that well it tells you a good story outside of that nope not get, hey ow ow who? Oh, oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. All right. I'm fine now. I'm okay. I'm glad we opened me up. See, apparently my heart is a little effeminate. Don't tell anybody. On, on the show today, Phil Hendry is here. Phil Hendry, the legendary Phil Hendry of radio. One of the great radio artists. I'd like to call him that a radio artist. He's a uh, a talk show host, but now he has his own podcast, but he's a a pioneer of the medium in a lot of ways. He did something that uh, he created an entertaining show that he peopled with voices from his own face that you can't tell. It's a seamless transition. You can't even explain what Phil Hendry does. He takes callers and then he invents callers in the moment, improvises it all, and has the has he 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 interacts with the person he's creating in the moment by by some tricks in the studio that are all sort of organic tricks they're not they're not complicated tricks and then he lets that those he lets that fake color that he's making up in the moment engage with the real color and himself it if you've never heard phil hendry you really got to listen to it because there's nobody quite like him and this guy's been at it for years he's a a radio veteran and a, and a and a fucking genius at it and uh i think he's 
appreciated, but he's underappreciated in the way that, that not enough people know who Phil Hendry is. And I love talking to professionals, man. I like talking to professionals of any kind, you know, guys who have paid their dues and, and uh, have a specific and honed and uh, amazing talent, yet are just people. I think that's one of the interesting things that I, I learned the more of these shows that I do. You know, I, I was telling you guys the other week, John Fogarty's another example. Like, I, I've actually uh, been fielding a little, uh, a little feedback lately that, that people are like, hey, you know, you have no right to complain. You're living the life. Uh, you know, I went to see John Fogarty the other night, but as some of you know who listen to the podcast, I, it was my, uh, I was asked to introduce him. And uh, I, I was under the impression that it would be like just a straight up Bill Grammy kind of like, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. But no, they wanted me to take care of some business to set up the show. Uh, it was a record release party. It was uh, John's 68th birthday. It was also the 45th uh, anniversary of the release of the first Creedence Clearwater record. His family was there. Uh, you know, I set up a video and, you know, I, I didn't realize that that's what I was getting into, but. It was a pleasure to do it, and I got to see an amazing show. I mean, the guy is 68 years old, and he rocked that fucking place down. And, you know, we're doing some rehearsals. I'm watching him rehearse, and then, you know, I got to talk to him. His kids were there. Uh, you know, two of his boys play on stage with him for a few songs. One plays a few other songs. But what, whatever the case is, whatever life that, that it may seem like I'm leading, like after an hour or two with somebody... Uh, you really are dealing with the person. The, the, this is a person with an extraordinary talent. Obviously, I love the guy. You know, I, and obviously, I fanboyed out a bit on the John Fogarty uh, interview. But after a certain amount of time, the beautiful thing about people that you revere and that people that you put on a pedestal or people that you think are geniuses or inaccessible or anything else, they're just people. The best you can hope for is that they're decent people and they're they're pleasant, <laughs> you know? All right, before I forget, I'll be at the Ice House right here in the Los Angeles area in Pasadena on June 2nd. Come out. Let's have some fun. Dave Anthony's going to be there with me. And next week, next Thursday, I'll be in Phoenix at Stand Up Live on June 6th. So those are two very immediate gigs. The Ice House, LA. All right, okay. So that's, I'll give you the rest of the dates later. A couple of things I want to get out there again. Thank you for watching Marin on IFC. I'm glad those of you who enjoy the show enjoy the show. I'm getting a lot of wonderful feedback, and it makes me happy that the show is resonating with you. Also, thank you for buying my book, Attempting Normal. I appreciate that. That is still available. Okay? It's still available, and I'd like you to have it. Phil Henry's on today. Phil Henry. I'll tell you, man, the first time that I heard Phil on the radio, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. But I was hysterical laughing. He had created a character about it. It was a father talking about his kid who didn't have spring in his step. And Phil just kept hitting this thing. It's like, he, he's got no spring in his step. You know, like he just, it was a repetition. He, he's just got an innate genius for improvising. I, I got to work on voices. I think that, you know, like after talking to Jonathan Winters, he talked to people, you know, Fred Armisen a bit. Anyone who does voices, they, you know, it'd be really nice to sort of just embody, you know, to live, you know, to, to, to sort of express the fragile or angry or whatever the parts of you that make you uncomfortable as a character would be amazing. I don't know. It, I think Phil does that to a certain degree. Certainly Jonathan did. He spoke to it. There's a therapy to it. I'm going to start working on a series of characters you know, representing my character flaws. You know, like the fuck that guy. Fuck that guy guy. Yeah, I'm going to make, that's it. The fuck that guy guy. Who? Fuck that guy. 
That guy, fuck that guy. That's pretty good. It's a good start to a character. Look, let me get the pro on here. Let's talk to Phil Hendry. Well, you were talking to, just as we walked in here that uh, no one knew that this was going to take off. I had no idea what it even was. I just knew I had to keep doing something. Yeah, yeah. But you you have, Mark, you're along with Adam, Chris Hardwick, Rogan, you guys are the monster, the monster four or the five, or there's always this. It's like um, it's like the Premier League in English soccer, which for some reason yeah. I'm following now. There's four teams, <laughs> and then there's a whole bunch of other s- stuff, you yeah. know. Right. Uh, but you guys are the big four. You know, you're like winning the uh, the, the league every oh, year. I, I'm trying to hold on. <laughs> you know, I'm just doing my little thing here. But, but so, uh, can I ask you? Yeah. I mean, go so, ahead. in other words, what you did is you just did this because you had to do something. And, and you had a sponsor lined up or you were... Just... Well, what happened with me was, uh, you know, I had done a little bit of radio a mm-hmm. couple of years uh, and I took to it and I liked it. And then obviously in radio, as you know, you get fired and then <laughs> oh, you yeah. move on yeah. to some other microphone and yeah. I'd been fired for the last time and I knew this existed. So when we started, there was no business model. There was no really expectation. I just knew that I had nothing else going on yeah. and I knew comics were doing this. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it. I'm gonna I'm gonna it. try it, yeah. and then things started to unfold. When you when you got into it though, had you been? I mean, you're you were at radio for a while. Oh yeah, man. It's for, I mean, I've been doing this kind of show that I do. I've been doing a comedy show, if you want to call it that, satire for about twenty twenty two years. Right. No, I, of course, I know that. And then uh, uh, I did podcasting as a way of of escaping radio. I guess it's the same thing as you. Only I I um got fired and or, or you know I lost m- uh, my contract and I then I got in with a really horrible company which I'm with right now and I realized that uh, there was this as I was tied up with this freaking deal the rest of you guys were out here like actually having fun so I thought well, well I gotta do some of that you know well it's interesting how long it takes you know some of the uh, the radio warriors yeah. the guys that have been because it's weird in radio you know you get used to that system yeah where you you know if you if you've got a good audience and uh they're pulling numbers for the, the station they fucking take care of you yeah and then all of a sudden it, be, it becomes challenging for dudes who are ingrained in that to be like so i'm just gonna wing it now i'm just yeah. gonna <laughs> i'm gonna wing know. it and and, and what, how do, what do i do for sponsors well <laughs> just you know you're on your own go yeah, ahead man go ahead call the guys call them up yeah they know who you are yeah yeah did you have you found that you can do that you can call the sponsors it's, it's me phil i haven't really yet yet because i'm still i'm still sort of half locked into the radio i've got a, a uh, I would just as soon if i was not going to offend anybody call them up myself and say hi it's phil hendry and Generally, uh, you know, I got to watch it because who knows? You know, I never forget I had a meeting with. I, whenever I meet with grownups, like I had a meeting yeah. with ABC, Lloyd Braun, <laughs> and those guys, I meet up I meet with these grownups, and I said, <laughs> and there's these these network guys that go, well, my idea is to have a guy. Yeah. Uh, who uh, hates Jews. And uh, <laughs> so right away, the whole room is gone. And, and I, I, I walked out of there. My agent said to me, Don Buckwald, he said, uh, well, that was interesting. Yeah. yeah just, just never seen that happen, you know. So it reminds me of a time I went in. I was being looked at for a talk show. I was early on in my career and I was full of rage and I was doing angry comedy. Yeah, and go. they were looking at me to do like a, t- a network talk show. And I met uh, Bridget Potter, who was a big deal at uh, NBC, brought me into the to one of the big guys. He's a, yeah, everyone knows that guy. I don't remember Zucker? his name. It wasn't, it was before Zucker, but mm-hmm. he was a known guy. Yeah. 
And he goes, well, what do you talk about? What, do you, what, do you, what are we going to do on this talk show? I'm like, you know, AIDS, war, <laughs> yeah. abortion, the issues. Right. And there was a look on his face like I had just kicked him in the soul. And that was it. That was the end of that. Yeah. And Bridget walked out and said, yeah, that's, that was very that's interesting. Good. You know, <laughs> no, really, you, you showed who you were. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's He's, always important to show who you are. Well, it, take, I, yeah. it takes a long time to realize that there's politics involved at every level. And there's a certain amount of diplomacy and things you shouldn't say to get what you want. Yeah, I wonder why that. I wonder if what is if is the reality, you know, is is it is the re, is the reality this that they should accept what we're saying to them, or is the reality that we have to come around to their way of thinking? What what is? I, I know what business. Well, let's look is about. at history. But 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 what's audience <laughs> about? See, in other words, I know what business is sure. about. But what's audience about? In other words, if if uh, if everybody had said, I'll go back to Lenny Bruce, who sort of to me is like the uh, the, the beginning. The, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. The, sort of the beginning of modern comedy. Right. If if they just had said this guy's great and let's let him just do what he does uh, and they hung with it, would they have been richer today than they are? Well, that's or, a good question, and know? it's also what culture will will tolerate. I, I mean, you I know. think you know the biggest fear it seems on 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 behalf of corporations and whoever represents them that there's always this second guessing. Uh, going on, I'm like, well, what's the audience going to like? Are we yeah. going to hear back from the people that you know that hate this? Like, they're always the most vocal idiots that will derail anything are really the minority. That's, but what's, that's they, what's happening in talk radio now. That's what kill. That's what's killing talk radio. I don't know if you know, but talk radio news talk is dying, and the word out there is that I just talked to my because my contract is coming up. Yeah, and I talked to my agent, a guy named Eric Weiss, is a great guy. Eric said to me, "In all candor, talk news talk is dead." And sports, that's what they want now. So why is News Talk dead? Because the sponsors are fleeing because I don't need the problem. Well, Eddie, it's only three guys. I don't care if it's three. I don't want it. I don't need it. Exactly. They're, they're getting a lot of... Right. So they're going over to Sports Talk, which is is controversy-free in that sense, but it's still active and it's heated and people are passionate. Well, it's weird, though, because the sports model on radio, I just did a sports show because now I, when I go do comedy, yeah. they're like, well, we got the, the biggest show in the in the morning is a sports show. I'm like, I don't fucking know anything out of sports. They're like, no, 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 no. It's, it's about everything. They're just calling it sports. They're calling now. it sports. Isn't that weird? Yeah. So they're integrating anything into that because they're all very, very right up front. They're like, no, we talk about anything. Yeah. And it just seems to be the model now. It's almost like we can hide... <laughs> we can hide talk in a sports format. What they're hiding is the fact that it's not sports, but they're not going to tolerate uh, if you got into AIDS, if you right. got into anything that's going to get the, the mothers against Mark. Yeah, yeah, the religion. So what we're talking about really is guy talk. It's man. It's twenty five fifty four male males. Right, that, right. And so, of course, sports is one of those areas. But uh, as we used to say, uh, Neil Rogers, I, I mentioned him earlier. He was a guy that was on a sports station middays. Yeah, this guy's gay. Mm -hmm. Neil was out gay yeah but was a hockey fan and a cubs fan and a harness racing fan but he also liked luis miguel because he just had a fantasy about the guy and he had a cardboard cutout in the studio he yeah. said, i'm gonna get up and mount that thing something good's <laughs> happened to me today i don't know what it is you know but uh, he went Did against his listeners know that everything yeah, oh okay. yeah oh sure yeah. yeah and uh but neil it was amazing he was a guy out gay guy but very butch and very you know, I went to a hockey game with him, and there sure. he was in his jacket with his cigar and his boyfriend, and yeah. well, suddenly it was all to totally cool. Right, you know? right. Like, yeah, yeah, this is my gay friend. See? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Gay guys are like yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, sure, Please. see? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but the point being, that was a guy that came on and lived his life on the radio, right. but it was on a sports station. And right. so, as long as you stay away from, Neil didn't do this, but as long as they're staying away from things that get sponsors crazy. So, you're on that show, and if you were talking about anything that had a sponsor call up, 
Oh, Christ, you'd have a general manager in the office, the, you know, in that guy's uh, and, and, studio. So when you started, I mean, like, I, I have not talked to a, a lot of radio dudes and, and, and having had some experience with radio dudes, because mm-hmm. I came into radio later in life, it wasn't, and I, and I liked it. But, you, doing, you, know, you were doing comedy first, stand-up I did, first? Yeah, I did a lot of stand-up, and then when Air America happened, I, you know, I was out here and someone called me. It was uh, sort of this ragtag bunch of, of uh, comics and, and commentators who were now being offered a lot of uh, liberal investor money. Yeah. And uh, someone called me. I think it was uh, it might have been Garofalo or somebody said, "You want to you want to be part of this?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, I don't like Bush. I'd love to have a voice in this, and this seems, seems like a good opportunity." Mm-hmm. So that's what sort of started it. Okay. But I was completely green, and mm-hmm. I was working with radio veterans, and I had no idea. I had no no idea for momentum or yeah. working or teasing or checking it with the time or, <laughs> or, or or any of these sort of reset. You know, the setting up people again after yeah, yeah. you know, like I, I just uh, had no, TSL no, all that shit. Right, yeah, none of yeah, the tricks. Yeah. But 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 dealing with them, it's a whole other world in itself, and yeah. it's a it's an amazing it's an amazing business. But it's also a, a very powerful mic, and uh, and people who live on this mic, it's hard to say. As you'll notice with podcasting, yeah. everyone thinks they can do it, but what makes somebody come through? And that's the lightning in the bottle, and you can't sort of see how that's going to yeah, go. That's that's what everybody would say back when I was struggling. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, they, I remember uh, one of my program directors, Tom Yates, said to me. You got to be heard above the noise, man. You know, it, it's it's like a, what what can you do? You know, and I and I it's a great. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking at what you do, Mark, and you're a comic, but you're also a guy that talks thoughtfully about things and you engage people. So it's not like shtickaroo. No, no, there's, shtick. there's humor, but there's yeah, you know, there's conversation. Sure. What it turned out for me was um, I knew that I was in love with doing radio, and I liked doing characters and 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 that just came out not because i was sitting there thinking hmm i wonder what will win in this medium i was thinking how can i have some fun today man i want to come in and enjoy my life you well, know? where did it start though where, i mean it started after up? getting fired a bunch of times well i grew up out here in arcadia not yeah. too far from where we are and uh hung out in pasadena and uh, you know and uh, you know came from all of that stuff and yeah Went to Florida. I was working in construction work, and I Florida. finally got a gig. And, yeah, I was down in Orlando. Yeah, you know, there's something about Florida. Things happen in Florida. And I saw that before <laughs> most any. You know, now everybody says there. Even there's a Florida file with FARC. You yeah, know, there's yeah. you know the president, and there's the economy. Florida. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and you say, and when I was in Miami, I remember that was a that was a gauntlet I ran that was as tough as any I've ever run in talk radio. Talk about like, the Wild West. Oh, these cats, the radio listeners, and my people are in Miami for one reason: yeah. to get high, to enjoy themselves, to swim, to you know, yeah, yeah. not to fucking talk politics, to be under the radar. Yeah, yeah. So you go on the radio down there, and you better bring something that's pretty good and uh so you're uh, working construction so i was working in construction in orlando and I, I got into this little gig uh in orlando and i uh was a disc jockey gig you know and uh, just played, spinning vinyl spinning spinning vinyl literally yeah. and, and carts and and trying to find my voice as a radio personality as they call and it this was days, on so. the M- fm dial no this is am in 1973 it was the, the very unfortunate callers wbjw 1440 <laughs> and they also had a, a wkis in town uh, so there's so a kiss at 740 but you get a bj at 1440 <laughs> which is so what were you spinning do you remember oh, yeah, oh yeah perry como no uh, oh yeah you know, uh i was just thinking the other day the song that i came so to easy hate, listening it was chicken rock uh-huh. so we played uh, it would get as heavy as the bellamy brothers let your love flow it would go to and then delta dawn now delta dawn's a song that 
it's very jarring. Delta. Delta. And yeah, every yeah. hour on the top of the hour, yeah. I was playing that, so I came Who to was that? that. It wasn't Bobby Gentry. Helen, Helen Reddy. Helen Reddy did Delta. That's right. Yeah. I remember the, I remember the AM Reddy when I was a kid. Dude. So you're one of those guys. Yeah. And, and then I got into FM uh, around 76. Uh, uh, I was doing Oldies But Goodies in middle of the road. Did Oldies But Goodies in upstate New York. Came back to Orlando and did... Uh, then I got into album rock. Well, let's, let's talk about that a little bit, because yeah. I remember when I was in seventh grade... So that would probably be 1975, 76, and uh, we all listened to a KQEO AM, Bobby Box. We had a dance at our school, and Bobby Box, you know, the voice, yeah. he was coming to host a dance. The man, so, yeah. The man, yeah. the man turned out to be about five feet tall. <laughs> He's wearing a plaid suit. He had big, blown dry hair, and it was like, that can't be the guy. Oh, no. Did you have a moment like that where you were like, you know, you saw a radio guy, sure. and you were like, no, it, that is not the and guy. And it got, it got me excited, and, and that moment was when I rode my bicycle to KRLA, which used to be over at the uh, Ritz-Carlton, Pasadena Langham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, KRLA was there, and I used to ride my bike over from Arcadia, and I walked in there one day to the, because they would let, they were used to kids just coming in in, in 1966. You listened to the station? I listened to it, because we grew up out in the San Gabriel Valley, that was all KRLA country. Yeah. And, and what kind of music beach, was that? Top 40, mm-hmm. you know. If you lived out at the beach, out at the LA beaches, or yeah. in LA, it was KHJ and KFWB. Yeah. So I ride my bike, and I used to listen to a guy named Emperor Hudson, Bob Hudson. Yeah. And this is, get off the freeway, peasants. His Highness is coming, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and I'm in the leopard skin room. He did a little bit of a Jackie Gleason thing. Yeah, yeah. And Rosie, why don't you come in here, and we'll rub, each, rub ourselves together and sure. make fire, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking there's a cat in a leopard skin room. I'm yeah. 12 years old. Yeah. I get off my bike. I will look through the glass. There's a guy in a sweatshirt. He's in his bedroom slippers. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm not even going to get dressed. I'll just go into the station. <laughs> it was Emperor Hudson. It was Bob Hudson. And I thought that was the greatest thing I'd ever seen in my you life. You weren't disappointed. Not at all. I was like, God damn. He's getting I was a, I was a little white boy from Arcadia, <laughs> but suddenly I turned into... Uh, just a, a kid right off the streets of Harlem. Just damn, yeah. Look at a man did this. Yeah, you know. I'm sorry, son. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot my roots. But I, I was fascinated. I said, I got to do that. I got this. Is great. You can do all kinds. You can create things. Right. The know? power of the illusion um, of this. Yeah. It's 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 the only it's the only medium that you can pull it off in it's anymore true. at all because yeah. like. When I first heard on vinyl, I heard the War of the Worlds, the the, the Orson Welles scene. Of course, yeah. And the, the precedent that that set, I mean, and, and it never really was, I don't think anyone's approached it to quite the, the, the Not level. Not dramatic level, no. But the, the fact that, and that's why I like audio, that's why I don't do a video podcast or anything else, because the intimacy and the ability to create a world, and I don't do it, I don't do a lot of textures, yeah. I've had some guess where people didn't know if they were real or not but you can <laughs> you can get away with murder and people yeah. they really they 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 take to it because it's such a one-on-one thing so your experience when you meet that guy is not like oh, i've been duped but like i'm gonna well uh, I was, yeah. but i was coming at it the way probably you would have and any other kid that was looking to get into uh entertainment on some level you're looking almost like uh, you're only 12 but you're still sort of a technician you're kind of you're in school, yeah. and you're going, wow, look what he did, and he's creating this thing. That is awesome, what he was able to... So I immediately realized that you can create a whole movie, just yeah. as you said, Mark. Sure. You know, a $40 million movie with a couple of sound effects. You know? That's and, it. It's yeah. fucking mind-blowing. Yeah, totally. And, and I got so disappointed, because when I got into radio in 73, it was when... Uh, the computer list was coming in, and they were saying, Let, just play the records. Just shut up and play the records. Boy, I used to piss me off hearing that, shut up and play the records. What was your, what was, like, when you first started in, in 73 and you were just playing songs, I mean, how, what, because I'm trying to remember some of the dudes to, to sort well, of get if in you, for if you a few talk minutes. About, yeah, if you want to talk about the great personalities of the 70s, Don Imus, 
Right. Uh, and Br- real Don Steele was still happening, although he was, you know, sort of, he's great. I mean, here in L.A., Don Steele was the, uh, because that cat had timing and he could get in the call letters. It, the Rascals' uh, Good Lovin', which yeah. starts up basically, one, two, three, right? Yeah, right. He could cram in KHJ Los Angeles in that one. KHJ Los Angeles! But uh, Jackson so the, Armstrong up in Buffalo. Those are the skills. Yeah, those are the skills and uh, the ability to, to ad-lib and hit that post. You're vamping a song, you're ad-libbing, you're hitting the post, and you're doing it not just, you're not just hitting the post, man. You're doing it just cunt hair, just right up to, and the timing is great, and you know where to hit the post. It's a an amazing thing to hear when you're when you understand it. Right, right, right. The post being right before the a vocal starts. When the vocal starts, yeah. See that's the see that's the I think the thing that people don't really understand about radio and about live radio and the one of the things that I learned entering a morning show. And you know, yeah. I had you know I got chosen to drive this morning show. I, yeah, granted, wasn't one of the, wasn't the most popular thing in the world. Mm. I never really was a Stern guy. I didn't listen to Stern. You know, I'm just a guy like I listen to the news. Right. I, I don't listen to a, a lot of entertainment radio. So I'm in this thing. And this is having been a comic for a while and having done morning radio where you walk into a morning show and and you got to do something. Yeah, but yeah. like I never understood the, their side of it until I sat behind that mic. Because when you're doing a radio show and you got a crew and you guys are moving at a clip and you got a momentum going and it's fucking 630 in the morning and you got a guest coming in, that guy better not shit the bed on your fucking momentum <laughs> or he can go fuck himself. Right. It's like you're on the mic, do something. Yeah. I'll do all I can, but if you don't do something you're an asshole and you fucked up our morning and you will be called an asshole <laughs> and you you're going to be burned down that's right for it you you're, know you're, that's right because you got to do something you got to make that happen a lot of what what uh the unfortunate part is if you're an artist if you're a radio artist an audio artist and yeah. thank god that we have podcasts because people are rediscovering there is an art form to it all right that's one thing now if you're dealing with radio executives right. and they know who they are and they're right. hearing me right now you guys know who you are and you yeah. know that you, and you know that your sex is shit and right. it's okay you know yeah. i still love you but you guys don't understand what we do you never fucking will they'll come into the studio while you're driving this bus trying to make sure it doesn't careen off and they'll say why don't you try that and why don't you do that you know howard and they'll do that to you you know what stern's doing yeah so then you because you're not howard stern right you try to be howard stern right now you run afoul of the fcc this that this that and that's the same fucking guy that came in and now he's telling you you're fired <laughs> and now you develop an attitude and then they wonder why you have an attitude as, over 20 years you know yeah what you should have done is said get the fuck out of my studio or not get the fuck please yeah. sir leave my studio you're fired because you didn't take my input yes sir okay thank you i know i'm fired but you go to the next station and you still hold your ground and you still hold your ground that's the way to do it i thought what right <laughs> well know? that happened later but yeah. so when you're first listening to guys and you're understanding that there's a timing involved and, and, timing. and, and then people like don imus all of them were working in between songs at some point in time yeah. talk radio did not exist correct talk, talk radio not the way it does now it right. was it didn't deal with humor right. talk radio dealt with there were there were a couple of guys that were funny but right. they were still talking about the issues there were a couple of people who were outrageous joe pine or or bob grant but they were still talking issues. When we got into the really stylized stuff, I would say, and you got to separate the politics from the from the execution. Let's forget about Russia's politics for a minute, because I think that blinds people. But he was a music guy at first, right? He was a music guy, and when he started doing a talk show, he brought stuff to the table that was, he brought uh, drops, you know, the, the drop, you know, like, uh, uh, he brought the bits like a homeless update. He brought Mervyn Snerdley. He yeah. brought EIB. This is all visual, you know, stuff that we're talking about, like uh, um, 
uh, Emperor Hudson. No one in talk radio done that before. And this was before you started doing voices. It was before. No, it was before I started doing my show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard what see. I heard what Rush was doing. Not his politics. I didn't give a fuck about that. But I heard that he was bringing personality back to radio by way of talk radio. Then I heard what Howard was doing, obviously. I heard of cats like Neil Rogers in Miami. I thought, this is what I got to do, man. I got to get out of me. And this is after doing, uh, you know, spinning discs for how long? From 73 to 88. So you were really in, you you know, you had yeah. been, and how many times you had to walk? How many times did you walk? Oh, dude, I, walk? I've, been, I've been fired from radio gigs for about seven, eight times. Well, yeah. I mean, we should talk about that yeah. a little bit, because the only, <laughs> the only guy I really talked to about that was Jimmy Kimmel, and that people don't understand that when you have a mic, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know when you when you go to work, you don't know you're going to be fired no. until the end of your show, and yeah. then you are escorted out, out of, of the, the building, building. Yeah. and you can't be on mic anymore. That's right. They're afraid of you being on mic. This was the beautiful thing about the stupidity of liberal talk is that <laughs> when I was there, you know, I knew I was going to get fired, but they gave me notice. So the CEO who was you know who was pushing me out yeah. let me he he I stayed on the mic for another week. <laughs> And it was some of the best radio I think ever because I just shamelessly. Dude, that's awesome. It was great. It yeah. was like they were trying to do the right thing, yeah. but they were so clearly not in tune with the medium. <laughs> so we just played it out. We did all kinds of riffs. We actually had an executive come in that I got into a physical fight with. Oh no, on the shit! It really, all, it was not real. Oh, it was real. But it sounded great. So what? Were you bagging on Air America, or were you just? No, doing, I, was, just... I was upset because what 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 the deal? What we were trying to do was a reverent satire, and you know, and I right. had a whole crew of guys that you know that it were that were doing characters and that were writing bits uh fans of yours uh and you know we were really sort of twisting it and doing mm -hmm. a very irreverent morning show with some news i had my my guy the guy i was partnered up partnered up with was a real radio guy so we would crunch news and he would educate and i would ask questions but then we had these bits with characters and stuff yeah. and things that may have been real may not have been real it was beautiful it yeah. was a beautiful thing so though this one this one ceo gets into place this one executive not a radio guy music guy danny goldberg he comes in it's like it's too irreverent. I don't get it. We should be more oh. like we should be more like NPR. Oh, so my producer was like, "There's NPR. already there's, there already is an NPR, uh, and where, this where is, thousands work, so hundreds was, can listen." Yeah. Right. And that's where. <laughs> that's that's what we used to say yeah. about him. Yeah. That, that so this is right when Howard's leaving Terrestrial. Like right. we we should have been like we should have taken over New York to or at least pulled a little bit. Right for the humor. Right, and he fucking pushed me off. What 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 uh, what station were you on in New York? What, uh, WLIB was the what, original what was the, station. Is that Long Island? It? No, it was a New York station. It was an AM station. It was originally a black station. Was it up at and, the what? What was the frequency? Oh boy, I can't. It was no, it was low. Wonder it, what kind of signal it had. You could. They were all low signals. Really, that's a good. That's a good place on the dial uh, for AM for radio. Local. Yeah, uh, you know, my, all of my stations, like for instance, now are like fifteen hundred on your dial. <laughs> <laughs> there was the one when you were a kid. He said, this is Tiger Radio. 1500. <laughs> yeah, baby. I'm gonna... The fuck is it? You know, like, you're getting uh, pieces of songs. Pieces of songs. Some, some guy working his ass off, too. You can hear him through the hiss. You can hear Contest coming up. He leaves the studio. He's got drenched in sweat. He's dead. He's drowning. The yeah, the signal got down to the Burger King, and that was it. You know, yeah. The guy's just... drowning in static, yeah. that guy. But. But that's, uh, look, I mean, you guys were foreshadowing what's happening with podcasting. Podcasting came about because there's freedom. 
There's freedom to do any fucking thing we want, man. We can do, and I do a Milwaukee. I made up a football team, and I do fake football games. I have a, a, a play-by-play guy, and we did. I used the EA Sports program, and we did an entire 16-game schedule. We kept track of the league stats. <laughs> I had people tuning in every week. There, and meanwhile, he's like face fucking the owner of the team. That's what we did. I mean, in other words, Jack, I gag. They're here, and are you in this fucking booth again? You know, you're here beating the shit. All, everything I always wanted to hear when I listened to sports. Right. So you, you were able what to... What commercial start, station's going to even... Well, they, it's approach. done. It's over, Phil. Yeah. I mean, it, and you can feel it's over. Yeah. I mean, outside of drive time, you know, what are they going to do? I mean, what the fuck are they going to do? They're irrelevant. They're, I mean... Pretty yeah, much. Pretty. It, it, and some talk. But I think what you were getting into with Rush sports. is... Well, sports, yeah. yeah. But what you were getting into with Rush and, yeah. and, and is, is an interesting topic for me because I had this weird moment where... You start to realize, all right, there's plenty of wrong-minded assholes in the world, and there's plenty of provocateurs, and you know, he did become somewhat of a shill uh, for you know, he became a partisan shill. I would agree. I'm saying when Rush, well, yeah, that's artistic peak, right? Well, that's what I wanted to address is that you're dealing with a medium that requires performers. Yes, and he was a performer. Yes, I'll tell you, man, stylistically, his ability to pause and hold the pause. It's fucking mind-bending. If you think about what he did, and this is what a lot of people don't understand. The regular radio listeners never going to understand. If I sit there and I stand and I talk to listeners, who do you like, Phil? I'll say, I like Rush, but hold on. It's right. not because of his politics. Right. Oh, yeah, well, I, I don't like him. And they don't really get it. Think of the character he created, and it's a marvelous character. I am the authority. That's a character. Sure. Uh, he began to believe it. Well, but, <laughs> but I love the whole, uh, my parents thought I was special, and let's face it, I am pretty special. To me, that's funny, you know. Uh, But yeah, the political part is hard to overcome. It's hard for us to appreciate the art, for the average person to appreciate the art, when you're hearing all of that bombast and all that shit. Could he do anything? If Rush was a sports host, it would probably be off the charts fucking brilliant. And if he never talked politics, he was I think that's true. And I think that, you know, that's... Of course, he did get sports, didn't he? And he was like, Donovan McNabb is black, and therefore... Yeah, of course. Never mind. Is this affirmative action? I would say yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, But but I I think it's an interesting idea in... uh, Or even the exploration of the ego necessary to to do radio is that, you know, you get that face in the crowd thing where, where you get people like Glenn Becky, you get people like Rush. I mean, Rush at some point made a choice to do politics, and then he became, you know, I'm sure very consciously after a certain point, uh, a sort of voice of yeah. right wing, you know, talking points in a very specific way. Yeah. He was, he was, uh, you know, being he was being groomed and being taken care of by yeah. big right wing entities eventually. But how could that not to be to to connect in radio? You have to have some fucking ego. This is the interesting thing I've always noticed about when I would go into towns and do morning radio, and on the way, the, the person driving me would say, "This guy's the guy in in four states. He's the biggest yeah. show." Here's and the you, guy you're up against, right? right, right yeah, yeah, he's the guy. And I would just be in a comic, and you'd walk in, you see this little guy, and you're like, "That's the guy." <laughs> the guy. <laughs> that's the that's the power yeah. the all powerful Bill Oz. Bellingham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The all powerful Oz. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, but uh, it's easy to see how that ego could get to a megalomaniacal point, which I think you know. Uh, but maybe maybe I'm fucking wrong, and maybe I'm being a little uh, a little lefty in that because you know I look at personalities like Rush, and then and then what you know his offspring Glenn Beck, uh-huh. and they they kind of play into the megalomaniacal disposition, but ultimately they just like money. Exactly, man. And, and, and keep in mind, of course, that's all they like. And uh, and their bosses, more importantly, their bosses like money. Their bosses are there saying, "This right wing shit. This is fantastic." The company yeah, exactly. I'm with, yeah, the company I'm with right now, TRN. TRN uh, decided somewhere along the line that right wing radio was where it was at, so they started pushing all this right wing shit. 
And now I think they're hiring, I think uh, Louis Anderson has just been hired by them. For, for right-wing radio? No, hey, I think guys, it's for comedy. It's all of a sudden it's Obamacare is like, oh, really not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, in other words, what I, I guess what I'm saying is um, their bosses started liking the money and their bosses thought it was about the politics. No, it wasn't. It was never about the politics. In a way, it was. it was about... Right-wing radio never would have taken off had there not been an artisan like a Rush Limbaugh to give it its kickstart. Right. Uh, that's what fooled people that shouldn't have been fooled, these so-called broadcasters. They thought, well, what we got to do is get some right-wingers in there. No, what you got to do is get some people who have got chops and then let them talk. Get a liberal sure. who's got chops. Sure. Randy Rhodes. Rand- Randy is a great example. Yeah. Stephanie, you know, is a pretty good example. I, I liked Randy because I worked with her, and yeah. she's just a great raconteur and... Uh, and she flies solo. You and know. she's a nutbag. She's a nut. She's a total nut. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and a great gal. And, and, but good and, broadcaster. And went, great broadcaster. And she went back. She was in Miami, and she decided to start all over again. She went up to West Palm Beach and started again in like yeah. political radio. And that's really found her thing. But she's a real radio person. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know what? When they, I'll tell you an example of what uh, it was unfortunate. Somebody at Air America had put a click of a, a pistol in a promo mm-hmm. after a Bush thing. Right. And Randy was like, oh, fuck. You know, I, she knows as a broadcaster that's, that's probably prosecutable. against the law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but she got hung with that. Somebody said, on the Randy Road show, no, she's going to no. kill the president. Yeah, no. Right. I remember. I think I vaguely remember that. But what, where do you stand on the fact that, like, okay, we know it's bullshit. Like, I had this weird moment when I they pushed me out at Air America and some people within the organization set me up at, at night at KTLA. And uh, K- KTLK. KTLK, yeah. So I get there. So they stick me in this night spot at 10 o'clock to go live, you know, if I'm not preempted by a Clippers game because they still had a sports contract. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but you know, who used to... I got bumped out there because of sports. I got bumped out because of NBC Sports. Yeah, yeah. and I would sit there waiting for a fucking yeah. basketball game. To, and eventually I'm like, I'm not going to fucking record these live. This is right. embarrassing. Yeah. But I was working with that guy. Who was the guy over there on, on the other side of KTLK? It was the, the right wing side. Uh, Ziegler, was that his name? Z- oh, you mean uh, uh, KTLK or K- KFI? Uh, KFI. John, John Ziegler. John Ziegler. Ziegler. Yeah. So, like, I end up in the bathroom with John Ziegler. You know, Jay, he's taking a piss. I'm taking a piss. I'm going, I'm Mark Marin, And he was like, like, almost like more, you know, he was like, what's going to happen here? <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and by that There's point, gonna be a fight. well, I'd listened to his radio show and I'm like, you know, you're, you're good, man. You're a good broadcaster. And he was like, why are you saying that? Aren't we? Yeah, we're both on radio. Yeah, it's a professional, <laughs> you know. He couldn't understand. Well, let me give you an example of just how bad the fucking industry is. I was at a fuck, I was at a talk seminar in New York. And it was nothing but hosts. And you go to a talk seminar in New York, and there's nothing but hosts there. You're thinking, let's talk some business. How are we going to make some money this year? Yeah. Who are the advertisers at? Right. What are the stations? Doing? No. What What was this? A bunch of fucking people sitting there and talking politics. Yeah. They were doing their shows for each other. And I, uh, the only other guy that I remember, I looked at Lionel, who was there, and he Lionel. had this look. On, yeah, he had this look on his face, like, "What? What are we doing? Why are we wasting our time? We got an opportunity here where we can actually think up some things we can do to, you know, make some save money out the of the medium, save this goddamn medium, you know." <laughs> yeah. Instead, they're talking politics. Yeah. So, and that's the industry, guys. What right. has happened, man? Are these guys? Are we fooling ourselves into thinking that that's important? So, when you said you stopped talking about politics, I made the same decision about three months ago. I just decided I was not even going to go near that shit. I'm just going to talk about stuff, right? And 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 concentrate on the art and concentrate on the humor, and be done with that. But you, you know? weren't doing politics for very long, were not you? really. I mean, uh, political stuff would come up in, in the character sketches, yeah. And then after 9/11, the biggest mistake I made was I took big chunks of my show and gave it over to politics after 9/11 because. 
I was super fucking pissed, like right. a lot of people sure, were, sure. and I really wanted to say something about it. And um, and I got some encouragement. I'm not blaming people, but I felt I really damaged my show because it was a sort of uh, split personality show. I know? remember when that happened because I yeah. remember hearing you. Like, well, the weird thing is, is that I think a lot of radio executives. I think there is a lot of right wing, a lot of Republicans. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we got to differentiate between what is characterized as right wing. You know, Republicans. You know, they were just about keeping their money for the most part. <laughs> and I yeah. think that most liberals, after a certain at, at a certain economic level, are about that too. But you know, they'll throw some of it away to make themselves feel better. There's right. not a lot of difference. <laughs> right. But but you know, ultimately, my question to you before we get into the, the right your wing. shift it's yeah. just that you know we're because you know there's a lot of stupid people in the world yeah and even if you know that uh, rush limbaugh's a, a buffoon and glenn beck is misleading people with horse shit mm. i mean i watch you know i'll listen to them to get a hate buzz going i imagine they've got probably about you know 20 percent of their listeners are just you know, liberals who like to yell at their their radio but probably but in. what do you think about the, whose responsibility is it after a point where you know that people are being misled well i think that um uh, if if a guy's on the air and he's lying about shit, um, you know Thomas Jefferson, who everybody loves to talk about uh, until you actually read about Thomas Jefferson and then you realize that he was a Nazi. Uh, no, he was not. Of course, he wasn't. He was, but he was. He was very much a states' rights guy. And he sure. was, you know, uh, they'll talk about how uh, well you know the the tree of liberty is with the blood, and it's. I know there's a quote on the internet that sure. I read, but I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, okay, yeah. well, thank you very much, yeah. Glenn. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I I think. When you say responsibility, yeah. you start to bring in something called the fairness doctrine and equal time, and that scares the shit out of these, uh, you know, yeah. the so-called right-wingers. Yeah. Unless, of course, you're talking about obscenity, then they do want the FCC sure. monitoring things, right, but right. that makes sense to them. And I, 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 would rather the, I would rather personally mark this. I would rather um, have the audience... Uh, I would rather have the audience be intelligent enough to know that they're being fucked with. Because if I bring in a monitor of some kind, if I bring in somebody, if I feel it's my responsibility, regardless of whether it's going to make money or not, to bring some guy in to, you know, eat, balance it out, at the end of the day, what am I doing here, man? I'm getting further and further away from what we should be doing, which is really entertaining people. If we're going to inform people, then that's called a news department. Yeah. Well, those don't exist. Yeah. If we're <laughs> going to give, if we're going to give opinions, then we should balance it. I would say that if you call yourself a talk station... And uh, you're a conservative talk station. Well, okay. Yeah. But then it's on you, man, if uh, your people are lying. Uh, can I sue a guy for Can I sue a guy for saying that Obama's a communist? No, I can't. Yeah. You know, sure. uh, it's not true. Yeah. And it, you've got to be the dumbest motherfucker that ever walked to think that, A, communism's making a comeback. Sure. And, B, that Obama's a communist. Yeah. Uh, I don't give a shit who Saul Alinsky, whatever that yeah, stuff yeah, is, yeah. you know. But I, as far as uh, wh whose responsibility is it? Um, it's it's the responsibility of the, res of the consumer. Yeah, uh, well, there you go. Well, yeah, see that's see that see that that's always that is the most revealing horror horrible thing about America. In one way, it's like, hey, look, man, I can express whatever I want to to these people. It can be bullshit. Doesn't matter. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it convincingly, and mm -hmm. it's on them. Yeah. And then when you see the number of people that are like, <laughs> yeah, we want to see the birth certificate, you're like, wow, I overestimated. Let's talk <laughs> about that. How many people are there really, though? Now, you and I were just talking about how a guy, a three women, can get a guy bounced off that's the right, air. Right. I wonder how many birther people there really are. Because at the end of the day, man, Barack Obama got elected president. Big time, yeah. Uh, it wasn't 
the other guy. It was Obama for two terms, you know. Well, I think that that, that becomes a question about, I, I think what people really get aggravated about with the right is just how organized they are with their propaganda with machine. With bullshit, yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. yeah, and the fact is, is you know, they, they, they sold those guys out. I mean, the birther was, you know, whatever the next evolution of the right to life movement was mixed in with a bunch of whack job, half-ass libertarians yeah. and, and patriots supposedly, you know, constitutionalists and they're like, let's just give these guys a little juice and, and they'll, they'll kind of juice us yeah and then they let a bunch of them into congress and all these old guard republicans are like what did we fucking let in here yeah or now we got to fight these guys or they say hey bob this is who we should be with hey tea party guys hi i'm yeah. your, well that's I'm right your, they did do that trump is a good example trump started out talking about oil china the trade ratio the this the that and i thought well this is a cat who's talking about some shit here i like to listen to the economic th- and uh, Donald Trump is injecting the uh, knowledge and intelligence of a businessman into issues like the Chinese trade deficit. Blah, 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 blah. And as soon as the cat declared, he starts in with the birth certificate. Right. So he went stupid. I can't. Know? Well, I don't know whether that was self promotion or what he really thought he was doing. I think he was really it, it trying to. Him, I think. Well, it definitely killed him. But yeah. I think in his mind, he was. He, he thought he had a shot. He thought there was more of them. Than, than there were. And there ain't. Yeah, I, I think not. that's probably it's, it's, true. That's the whole thing with that Pat Buchanan thing in the 90s. Buchanan was like, yes, the revolution is on. And the, when the primaries were over, nobody gave a shit, man. But he was a clown, too. That's yeah. the interesting thing. You see these guys get older, and as they mellow, and they just become these, you know, these you know kind of aggravated old men, you're like, they knew it was a shtick. They yeah. were just playing the political game. It's all a fucking game, which is one of the reasons I got out of it. I said, look, I'm disillusioned. You get to a certain point where you realize, hey, you know what? I just, uh, I thought thought I had all these opinions and they were mine, but I'm carrying partisan water and I'm a fucking, I'm a comedian. I gotta, I gotta ride both sides of the fence here and you cannot avoid you know, carrying, you, you, all of a sudden you realize that I'm getting my information from the same place. Who's distributing this information? Yeah. The people that want you to talk like this. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then you have, you like, I fucked myself. How did that even happen? <laughs> well, <laughs> but you know, you're going to change minds uh, when you are talking about stuff and I talk and I, li- and I listen to Mark Maron and I enjoy what Mark Maron is about. You're going to have more impact on me as a person that way than you are if you were just hammering some fucking point of view. Well, th- there's that moment you know? where you realize you're not sure. Where yeah. you're like, what am I really? What am I? What do I really believe in? And I don't know if you had that moment, but I'm like, look, existential problems of just existing in this world yeah. with all its challenges. As a guy my age or a guy your age, is is daunting, and <laughs> it presents a whole world of frustrations that are that you can speak to every day. That's right. Yeah, and those are important because those are for everybody, That's and right. everybody's experiencing them. So let's stick with those. Yeah. Let's what do I got to split the room with bullshit for? <laughs> exactly. Stuff know. that I don't even know if I don't know if anything's going to change. Right. And, and they it, they want us to fight each other. They, you know, the they. They want us to fight. They want us to think they're interesting. Mm-hmm. And and so what happened, though? Here's what happened. Yeah. As, as we get frustrated, talk radio is dead. It's now all about sports radio. Yeah. And the political dialogue in this country is going to get a break. It's going it, to, in other words, we can go back to talking to each other on a street corner or in a bar, and we don't have, did you hear what Bill Billingsley said today on KS? Boy, I'll tell you. Who's that? Billingsley. You ever heard him? You know, uh, call him by his first name. You know, sure. Yeah, I, did you hear Theo? Yeah, right. Theo. Yeah. Um, so, and then we can just go back to sports, and then it'll come back around. People, mm-hmm. Somebody's going to go, all we ever do is talk about sports in this country. You're the real shit that's happening. You sure, know. man. Well, we had that conversation. Remember how we fucked it up? Well... <laughs> So just cycles, yeah. But when you started doing the characters, yeah, like was, it, it seems to me that that you know you were a fan of the power. I mean, it, it was almost like you know you realized listening to comedy records or or to comics or to people that influence you who took those kind of chances that there was no reason why you couldn't do it on radio. Sure, who I, were your guys? 
I'm, we have the comics? Yeah, or whoever influenced well, you. Well, it was, it was Lenny Bruce, it was uh, Jackie Gleason, it was Laurel and Hardy, and then it was, to some extent, uh, Jonathan Winters, but not as much, I'd say, as like the Lenny Bruce's. And then Frank Zappa, when I got into high school, I loved his his satirical approach to rock and roll. It was so great. Like you know? what, what specifically? Just that, 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 you know, this amazing instrumentation with these completely... No, that he yeah. completely, uh, as soon as rock and roll got all puffed up about yeah. itself, along comes Frank Zappa to yeah. say... Disco boy, you know, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. dandruff on your shoulder. Yeah. So uh, you think about it, rock and roll doesn't have that anymore. Rap, really, hip-hop doesn't have that to some extent maybe. But uh, it, that voice, that that voice that'll come along and poke the holes Cut is, through the bullshit. is so fucking necessary. And Zappa was so funny with that shit. I mean, Ruben and the Jets, you know, it's where we grew up. Yeah. Uh, Ruben and the Jets bus basically El Monte, some yeah. dude with a freaking processed jelly roll and the Chico Junior boots and a car that's jacked up in the back, you know, right. two-tone Chevy, and uh, it's just hysterical to me. So you like the guys that cut through the bullshit, yeah, and yeah. who had a voice that sort of uh, rose above the rest, who made fun of the things that I saw every day, because most of these comics were talking about, you know, my wife, yeah, I, I don't know, but yeah. here comes a guy that's laughing about the dude on the corner who takes his car down the Lions drag strip at, at, on amateur night, yeah. and the drivetrain drops out as soon as the, the light goes green. <laughs> you know, that's the stuff I would howl at, you know? And these guys are making fun of it. So, And then came, of course, Credibility Gap and Firesign Theater. Those were really big because those guys interested me in radio chops. I could hear what they were doing in the studio, and I know, like, Harry and, um, and Michael McKean, all those guys. Phil Proctor? Yeah, and Phil Proctor, who I've had a, an opportunity to talk to, and I know those cats are about, they get it about audio and yeah. about audio comedy, right. about sound effects and shit. So those guys, I started listening to them and go, wow, this can be a radio show every day. And of course, they did do it too. Credibility Gap was on the air here on, on Carol A. That was Carol A's news. Was that Fred Willard too? Or no? Uh, it, was, it, was, it was David L. Lander. It was Harry Shearer. It was Michael McKean. It was Lou Irwin and their guitar player. I forget this dude wrote a new song for every newscast. And Harry still does it. Harry still does the show. And it's now a podcast yeah. over on Sideshow. And. Uh, and yeah, I think Harry's always going to be. Uh, so, do you remember the first time you, you like you like was the first character you did an impulse, or was it you're like I'm going to do this today? It was an imp- It was something I've done my whole life. It was. It was. In other words, I wanted to do voices. I just didn't know how because my instincts were so fucking weird, man. Yeah. I didn't know how am I going to do what I really want to do on the radio. They're going to think I'm crazy. They'll put me away because that has to do with the way I was raised and the whole trauma of my upbringing. You know, Which or, was what? Well, I mean, I come from a, a background of 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 manic depression and and on and, what side? On both sides. Both your my, parents were manic depressed. Yeah. Oh, my mother was man. more depressed. My father was more manic. And the f- one thing the Henry family needed to do out yeah. there in Arcadia, in yeah. the Lily White Arcadia in the 60s, was to appear normal. Right. And my mother was just, shh. That's why yeah, this yeah, character yeah, I have, yeah. Margaret, she's always, and do you know that your father, he dated a Jew before he met me? Well, Mom, what are you whispering for? I'm not whispering. <laughs> were you ashamed of that? Of course I'm not ashamed of that. The, and she, yeah. the man across the hall... He's so nice. He's a black man. Yes. And he brought me my paper. And I think he must have some white blood in him. <laughs> well, why is that, Mom? Well, he's very handsome. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mom, is that kind of racist? How dare you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, so that, that was, was my mom? Fa- yeah, it was all about appearances. And yeah. so, uh, naturally, growing up about appearances, the last thing I'm going to do is all these voices. I wanted to fit in so bad, man. Yeah. And uh, finally, when my radio career was just stalling, I th- said, well, I'm going to have to bring the weird out now, man. Otherwise, I got nothing going. Right. And I brought the weird out. And uh, Were you at the end of your rope? Were you I like- was at the end of my rope uh, in a lot of ways. I, w- I-, I knew I had more talent. And I knew it's I could- It's an amazing I, the, moment, that moment. Were, yeah. And, and uh, I was on a train. Yeah. 
I was on a fucking train going to uh, Seattle to visit my girlfriend, and I remember thinking and looking out the window at a setting sun over the Pacific. I don't care if I have one listener. I don't care if I never make another nickel, but I'm going to... Let it out. It was Patton, you know. It's a, yeah. I'm going to be allowed to fulfill my destiny, yeah. you know. Yeah. His will be done. Yeah. And so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, that was it. And uh, uh, got on the radio and started doing it. And it's a funny thing. When, when you do that, and I mean, for all you young people listening, when you do that, great stuff happens. Really great well, stuff. Yeah, because happens. you you finally feel like you're you're in your body. You're honoring yourself, Thank your creativity, you. yeah. and, and you're proud of yourself. Oh, that's a big one. You're making yourself laugh, right? You know, I would go home and listen to air checks and go, "God damn, that's funny." You know? Where were you on the air when you did it? I was at KVEN in Ventura. It was a little tiny station, um, you know, in a market of six hundred thousand people. Uh-huh. And then I got hired to go to Atlanta, and then I got hired to go to uh, Minneapolis, and then Miami, and then to L.A. And when I got to L.A. in '96. Uh, it was every city. Si- every city was a gauntlet I had to run. Every city was a new thing, and you know I sat down. And were you st- still doing music? No, uh, this was all talk radio. Now this is. Um, I started the t- the talk show in '90, and uh, I remember sitting down with the sales staff at KFI. And I go, well, yes, I know that your act worked in Miami, but this is Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I think you'll find it's very different. And I remember <laughs> saying, "That's what they sell." Tell me in every town, man. You know? Yeah. Um, no, it was just taking the uh, the innate, and it goes to what you and I were talking about. It takes the credibility that talk radio had or has still, I'm not sure, allowed me to do what I did. Because Police people believe it. People are going, oh, wow, there's a woman there, and she's. I'm going to call her up and rip her an ass. Uh-huh. And what we did with the show is we realized that they're the little small percentage of people that call who are very myopic, you entertain as they probably said to you, you know, you're doing it for the listeners, not the callers. Yeah. And and I took that to a literal extreme. We treated the callers like dog shit, you right? Know? Like uh, like they're working for Scientology in because the basement. Because there's, you know? there's like fifteen or twenty of them. Yeah, right. And, and they're, they're all very just. Yeah, hi. Look, I uh, th- 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 some of these talk show callers think they're as important as the host. You know, I call all the shows. So, uh, <laughs> and what's your name, Billy from La Brea? Don't worry about it. Yeah. So anyway, you know, and this guy right here. Yeah. And, and so you you want to say Billy? It's a made-up voice. It's yeah. not even there. The guts of just uh, me going. <laughs> but why? But you want to say it, but you don't. You right? Know? You, know, you don't. I don't say it. <laughs> and he's just like, and I can't. Well, I my you know, uh, and my daughter died. And yeah. I love that when they try to manipulate <laughs> right. the emotion of the. Yeah. My daughter died in an automobile accident. What do you think of that? Yeah. Was she a piece of ass? Yeah. You know, and <laughs> you know you, you just how dare you? <laughs> uh, and for me, it was just completely blowing up talk radio. It was attacking the very thing that you and I are talking about. And the, and the, and the greatest thing about it is that, because I remember the first time I listened to you, I was like, <laughs> what is going on here? Because I just, it was like, in, in it was in L.A., and I don't know if you were really on my radar, and it was at night, and I don't remember what time your show was on at night, right? Like 9 to midnight, yeah. Right, uh-huh. yeah, so I'm just listening to, I don't know, I just came upon it, and I still remember, it was, uh, I think it was a father talking about his kid, and he kept saying spring in his step. He used to have spring in his step. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. He used just, to love those he's, terms. He's got, yeah, it was yeah. a great term, like the term I'd never heard it before. Yeah. I'm like, I gotta remember that. Yeah. I just got no spring in his step, you know? <laughs> and, and, uh, do you remember what I'm talking about I at don't all? remember that bit, no. Uh, I, I do I do recall, we always, I, I used to love to hold on to these phrases like you know boy she likes to stick it in and break it off stick it in and break it off. We to, i milked that one one night and, and it, when a caller repeats it back it's yeah. gold because like and you're talking about sticking it in breaking it off i'll tell you what you got to stick it in and break off you just it's just like a golden moment and really what you and i are talking about taking that, all that self-important bullshit and blowing it apart we did it every night and uh and and to to that extent I guess maybe that's the best way of attacking it you know yeah. i don't know but no uh, it is we it were is. on talk stations and i got this 
I don't know whether he's whether he's uh, uh, what is it, fish or fowl? Yeah, I don't know. Is he fish or fowl? It's a comedy. It's a t- satire, you know. Yeah. Oh, treat it the way they do Saturday Night Live on NBC. Well, television's slightly different, man, because they have all kinds of... They block program on television. Sure. They have news, they have comedy, they have yeah, drama. Yeah. Radio doesn't. Radio has, like, it's all drama, 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 comedy. Yeah. In other words, you walk into a store where they're selling tuxedos, and there's a guy in the corner selling really cool tie-dye shirts, and they're the best tie-dye shirts you've ever seen, but you really came into the store for a tuxedo. Right. That was kind of what happened to my show. And also, with radio comedy, I mean, you know, I think even historically, the it was so broad, and it was yeah. so sort of like, you know, fart noises, and you had two personalities have very defined roles in the situation. It was all pop culture And driven. very obvious comedy. Exactly. Yeah, there yeah. was no sort of utilizing the, the potential of the illusion. Yeah. So, yeah. like, the fact that people were coming to this, like, and me included, where you could actually, no matter what, you even now if you were on the radio you would dupe people yeah and i'm sure there were people that listened to you for years that never knew that those were fake Pro- I, I, for years that would scare me I, if i met someone <laughs> say, you know I, I used to say to people how long i listened for six years and i finally got it and you just don't want to shake their hand you want to okay thank you well there's just- also the divisive of of how you do it i mean i don't quite know how you do it after i knew that it was uh, a shtick yeah. you know i couldn't quite figure out how you change the tonal texture well what you're doing is um it really is just a telephone for for everybody that used to say, uh, well, he has processing equipment. No, I don't. Okay, Mr. You know, I've got audio equipment at home and that's my hobby. Right. No, it's not. It's a phone. We put it through a phone box because right. you get a little more dirty noise with a phone box. Right. I also have some sound effects. I have a loop that just continues of like what is a cell phone sound effect. So right. I'll use about, I got six or seven of those. Yeah. And then it's just a technique of knowing how people speak, you know, and I've got my mic up and then I pull it down when I'm on the phone. So if I'm doing two voices. So you're going through the, you're going through the phone board or the telos or whatever. Yeah, when I'm on the phone. Right. When I'm on the mic, I'm on the mic. So and you're I, just working the knobs. Yeah. What I'm doing is, is uh, holding the phone far away from me when I'm on mic so it doesn't feed back. Right. Because I got to leave the, the phone pot up. I right. can't work two pots. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just working one. And then it's just something probably I developed it as a kid when I, I used to love con- listening to people's conversations. Uh-huh. And to me, the funniest thing in the world is the is the reality. Uh-huh. Th- that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Reality's funny. And when it's a reality like, you know, my father was the guy, my dad would be driving, and he'd be pissed, and he'd say to a guy, you better get out of the way, pal, you got an ass full of car. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And he'd be, and, and he go, what are you laughing at, Philip? I'm like, ass full of car, are you kidding? Ah, <laughs> oh, well, shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so to me, this was, so getting a guy on the radio scene, and uh, I can tell you right now, Mr. Henry, that uh, my wife is very beautiful, but as the coach of a team, I, I as the coach of a team, I, I don't want these young men getting ideas. Well, what was going on? Well, I've got these young men, and they're looking her up and down. And, uh, well, you know, you tell them, you say, I set them straight. I said, I'm going to tell you something. If any of you even lay a hand on her. Now, what team are you coaching? Well, it was a little league team over here in the, you know. <laughs> but you do it. You don't drop it quite so. Right. Uh, string it uh, out. Yeah, you string it. And what you're doing is people are finally going, a little league team? And you're worried they're going to hit on your wife? Hey, let me tell you what. You know what this guy right, 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 now, right. now suddenly the guy, now his character really comes. Oh, this guy's like paranoid and he's uh, possessive yeah, yeah. and he's crazy. And, and he, no, you, I'm not. No, I'm fine. You know. <laughs> I'm being reasonable. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, so, but do you? Is it all improvised? I mean, yeah. you, and you bullet point it. So you and I right. would sit down, maybe, uh, um, or you and your your show, right. Mark, you sit down and go. Oh, this would be really funny if a guy uh, was uh, super protective of his young wife uh, around these sports, you know, teams. Like you know, I, I was the bit was born out of the thought. Gee, if I owned a team, that would be really cool. 
and I'd have a lot of money, and I'd have this really young, hot wife. Wait a minute. And then she's going into the locker room and seeing all these big dicks on these naked guys. Sure. And I thought, how funny would it be if that was a situation, let's let's play with that. And then we got to this, what if it was a little league team? Right. What if it was a high school team? Sure, sure. So how do we make that real? How yeah. do you make a guy like that, not a funny man, not a, not a shticky guy, but how do you take a guy who really believes that his uh, wife will be hit on by little leaguers and that the little leaguers do it, what does he sound like in real life? Right. Well, he's like, now I'm going to tell you. You can go about it two ways. He can say, I know this is going to sound funny. You can go that way. Right. Or you can go this way. You can go, you don't know. Yeah. You don't, you don't see, you don't understand. You know. And, 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 I, I, and to me, that's a, a. I'm living this. Yeah, I'm living. I'm living it every day. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know. And to me, that's a funnier way to go. So, so what do you think? What do you think is going on? I can tell you right now, Mr. Stern, these kids grow up very quick now. I got to let, what are you looking at? You know, it's, 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 that guy. Yeah, it's 11 year old kid is hitting on my wife and that's it's humiliating and that touches something in any man a man's gonna say how you yeah that is humiliating yeah. but yeah. this guy's he's fucked he's a little up. out there yeah. but you, but then you're in you're like this guy's out he's a little nuts and we got the call that i, I often say this we get the opposite of a uh, call of what most guys get most guys get I, at first i thought you were serious but now i know you're kidding we, we get the opposite call at first i thought you were kidding but now I know you're serious. Because he took it to a, such a degree. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought this was a joke. Right. Are you joking? No. Uh, you think that a man losing his wife to a 12-year-old's funny? Yeah. You think, well, sir, you're a crazy... Uh, you know, you, yeah, right, yeah. because you you know by by stringing it along and, and and playing it straight, right, the character has depth, and because of this microphone yeah. and there's nothing seen, you know that depth is a lot easier to get that deep that quickly. Yeah, because it's really just about phrasing, and people are like, holy fuck, did you hear how he said that? Yes, this and is a real guy. He's really, you know, he's angry. Now the problem with radio is the radio has the quarter hours and all this shit, so you got to string it out, and while you're stringing it out, and, and you got to tell story, yourself to hang on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You also have to tell the audience, stay with us, it's going to be funny. Mm-hmm. Because it, during the opening monologue, they're thinking they're just hearing a regular show, and either it's interesting or it's not, and a lot of them will just go away and go to another station. I don't want to hear about a guy uh, and his wife. Right. Podcasting affords the opportunity of people listening at their leisure, and and there's nobody leaning on me saying, come on, Phil, hurry it up, you got a quarter hour, you have to worry about it, you got to... No, reset, I, I'm reset. Gonna fuck, yeah, I'm going to fucking do this the way I want to do it, so... When we finally get out of our current radio deal, and and I'm seriously considering just chucking radio altogether and just doing exclusively a podcast show, and I can do the phone call show with a podcast and uh, have live calls. Sure, you just got to set up a time. I, I have, I, and, and there's there's other techniques we can use, and people want to hear on demand. They want to listen on demand. Sure. I was talking of easier. Yeah, you know, yeah. T- that's what's killing TV. Well, that, well, that's it. It's it, it's it's interesting that. It, this is one. This is one of the great moments of. Uh, <laughs> of uh, I heard there's a couple of a couple of dinosaur radio guys that were talking to uh, some other comic that I know about podcasting, mm. and of course it dinosaur. came down. <laughs> it came down. It came down to the ego thing where it's like those. They don't know what they're doing. I mean, I listen. They don't even reset. They don't reset. Why do we need to reset? You don't need to reset. People man. chose to listen to it. Yeah, there's yeah. no resetting. There's no PPM here, yeah. man. Yeah, there's no fucking PPM. There's not none of that shit. You know, I'm a pro. I reset. Yeah. Ugh. So when when was when? That's did, why. If, not to interrupt yeah, you. No, 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 go ahead. Look at the podcast. Look at the top comedy podcasts on iTunes. They're all comics, mm. with rare exception. You know, uh, there's radio guy. You did radio. Uh, I think we're bit. in there. Yeah. But mostly comics, and they're pulling down, uh, you know, you guys are pulling down ad dollars, and uh, hello, Mr. Radio Guy, these cats are 
uh, making a success out of this medium. So it's time to stop asking yourself how this is obviously where it's at because you guys, ain't, they're not making money in radio anymore. Well the, well, the weird thing, this is what I was telling you before, is these guys have been coddled for so long. It must be very frightening for a guy that, you know, and they're all tired. You, you know, the, these morning crews and stuff. It's like, you know, they, <laughs> right. you walk into some of them and like, you know, the mics go down and they're, you know, they're on their phone. They're not talking to each other. Don't talk they, to each other. Yeah. It, it's just, it's, it's almost heartbreaking yeah. that something that had so much juice at some other point in time was now just sort of this husk that was just you know running on fumes but but if they're holding a good share of the market you know the programmers and the managers are going to keep them there at their at their nut and they get spoiled i mean it's it must be frightening even for a guy your age i would imagine you're about 10 years older than me to all of a sudden say well i'm gonna i'm gonna leave my parents house uh well i've got i've got no choice i mean i, right. I had a radio show that was uh went as far as it could i thought i could take it further uh, by you know, sort of reinvigorating it a little bit, but I, I know now that the the industry is not prepared to support what I do, and uh, the industry wants to go to a sports model. The comedy thing they don't understand. They still don't. They never. I don't know what their problem is. My agent said to me, "Can you do what you do, Phil, only with sports?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, I guess. You know, I, I but why limit it? You know, I want you know, right?" So uh, I said, "Look, I'm going to send you a Milwaukee Lion podcast. See how they like that. A guy's you know like." Why, how dare you come into my booth? Ah, you and you know. did that, 16 of those? <laughs> I did 16 games, yeah. We had pregame, postgame. We did the Dickman Bowl, which was the championship of the league. Yeah. And it was always a play by play guy that I want to hear. But uh, no, nah, it ain't scary to me because we've got a subscriptions uh, site, so we make a pretty good income from that. And I can take the podcast thing and experiment with that. We also do video, which yeah. I know you don't do, Mark. And, and I like Is that, that new said. to you? Uh, we've we've been doing a video cast since uh, '09. Yeah, and do you I, and do you like letting people in on the? Um, because for what you do, I know that like it, people was, like to see it. Uh, they like to watch the performing. They like to see me going into character. Well, that's great. Yeah, but I. I I think what you said was fascinating. I can do a video cast. They don't have to be looking at me. They could be looking at a slide of me, mm -hmm. or I don't know, or or maybe the ocean. You know. Well, I just for me, it was like a lot of infrastructure, and I don't I don't necessarily do what you do. And it I is, know yeah, that it, it's. I know that like uh, there was a time there where you know we we used to hear repeat you know rumors or, fa or or stories of like you know Howard Stern goes over and watches Phil whenever he's in town. Oh no, just one time Howard came over. <laughs> he came over in at when I was at KFI. Yeah. Because his agent Don Buckwall was the agency that I was with. Yeah. And, and Howard, uh, at that time, was... What was he doing, man? He was, he was thinking, of, oh, setting up his ne a network, yeah. which he eventually did do at Satellite. That's serious, yeah. Yeah, he was a nice man, and uh, he came in and watched, and he was... Uh, he's a radio dog. Yeah. Howard's a... You know, he's... Real like, deal. He's the real thing, man. We were talking about production. We were talking about cutting tape. We yeah. were talking about voices. We were talking uh -huh. about, you know... Uh, so, you know, he's on America's Got... He's all that shit, but yeah. when you sit down, you can talk radio with him, and... and I found him to be a, a terrific guy and, and very nice to me. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I know he can really rip some people, and uh, well, I wouldn't like, want to be a, there. He's the standard. You know, he's a, yeah. you know he's a, he's the he's the deal. You know, Howard yeah. is the deal. Well, I, mean, I wouldn't blame him. I don't blame him a lot. There's so many cats that are trying to do his act. You know, well, that, he, he unleashed something in the world, but you know, yeah. everybody does. Yeah, and but you know, no one does it with the sort of finesse and the, the charm that he does. It yeah. seems. Yeah, you know, it's very you know you know shock jocking or whatever it became because it's interesting when you see the when when Howard Howard was cutting his teeth within FCC standards. Yeah. It was really challenging and interesting to watch. I, I always wonder about that sometimes when when you see like Bill Maher move from Comedy Central to HBO, or you see Howard move from Terrestrial to Satellite, where they no longer have to worry about saying fuck or or, or being graphic. That some of the some of the things that were challenging 
to do the type of comedy and to make it work within those confines was was really uh, uh, not more compelling, but you knew less about who they really were. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I, I heard people say when, when Howard got divorced, it really... You know the women, especially they yeah. love to know that he was that, that, to hear about the family. Sure, and, and also uh, that he was a good husband despite all his perviness. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. fighting the good fight, fighting the good fight. Yeah. Trying to, well, I think that in life, uh, it, it, people change, and I think in entertainment, you have to sort of move on. I, not move on, but you have to evolve. I mean, can you think of people doing the same act for sixty, seventy, or sixty, seventy years, fifty years, or something? I don't know. I, How is that not that? a jail? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, mean I get that. Yeah. Can't you change it? And yeah, he's doing a lot of stuff now that people are saying, oh, Howard's not as good. But I think he'll find, and, and yeah, sometimes it takes years. He'll find something. Or he won't, and he'll be he fine. And it'll yeah. be okay. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the weird thing. Like, there's some part of me that's like, look, if I had enough money to really call it quits, yeah. I would call it quits. <laughs> me too, dude. <laughs> I do it once a week, maybe once yeah, a month. Like, yeah, Shit, yeah. You know, you see all these cats that are richer than God, oh. and they're out there strutting it around, and I'm like, what are you, go, go sit Why? down. Yeah, yeah, go sit down. <laughs> like Buddy Rich. I got a home yeah. in Palm Springs. I can sit on my ass the rest of my life. I don't need you high school bastards. Yeah, right. Did you ever hear those Buddy Rich out <laughs> yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck. You guys are blowing clams yeah. out there. <laughs> I don't even know what that clams. means. I don't know what that is, blowing clams. <laughs> blowing, and what are you blowing? Clams. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that was. Maybe Blowing I, clams. I don't even right know. Right there's an FCC violation. Yeah, I don't, I I just I, I think that's that's how I heard it. Yeah. Perhaps I was wrong, <laughs> but like, uh, well, yeah. So I think um, I, I think like me, I, I don't get any call, phone calls anymore, man, because my because the, my contract's coming up, so the affiliates are falling away. This, the, the company's not holding on to them, so I'm just doing character voices, and I'm I'm sort of, in other words, I've created a kind of a morning show in there uh, with three imaginary people, but I listen to it. I listen to the air checks now. And it actually makes me laugh. And I'm wondering, am I finding something here? Because I got people who, you know, hit me up on Facebook. And say, yeah. God, you were funny like that. And I'm okay. thinking, I bet you these are people who never heard the old show with the calls. Sure. There's a new audience. There's a turnover. Well, the calls were here. a lot of juice. I there mean, was you a know, lot. It was, it, it's also what made the show extremely unique and got a lot of buzz going. But that, that spontaneity yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so that's when you put up the old episodes for everybody. That's when put up the old episodes and, and, um, uh, and also we've got a, but also I took one of the characters, Bobby Dooley, and she's doing a podcast now. She's interviewing um, uh, celebrities. So you could start and, a whole network. You could just give all your characters maybe, yeah, shows if yeah, you wanted yeah. to. <laughs> Phil Henry. How and many I, do you have? Do you have a count? Probably about 20, 25 that we do solid a lot. That are in rotation. Yeah. And yeah. then probably about 40, you know, because uh-huh. I, I just found one the other night. I was just doing a voice and it was a female, but it worked. Uh, it, it was a male voice. It was, I forget who the character was, but I just decided I was doing Steve, Steve Bozell was the host of the show. I'm Steve Bozell. I'm filling in for Phil Henry. And uh, okay, let's go to a call. I don't know how to do it. You know, hi, you're on the air. <laughs> hi. Um, you know, and you just kind of you start to play with it. You know, yeah. Hi, uh, you're Mr. Basel. Is that it? Because I've been listening here. Well, and, and I found out something. Yeah. It isn't the voice. Yeah. It's. The pacing, the timing, the language you use, uh-huh. and the ambience. Uh-huh. You can get someone to believe that the voice that I have right now is a woman. Yeah. If you use the right kind of language. Yeah. If you've got a little bit of an ambient change, like maybe hold the phone a little bit further away. Right, right. And use a c- certain cadence. Mm-hmm. Um, and people, yeah, sure, people, they'll go with it. They'll go with it. They'll just like, it. maybe she has a problem with her. Yeah, Could be, yeah, or she's just a cigarette smoker yeah, or something yeah, like that. I, mean, yeah, yeah. I got on the air one night when I was in Miami, and I said, uh, we have Mark Furman with us, the LAPD cop, sure. you know, and Mark, and I didn't change my voice at all. Mark, how are you? I'm fine. 
Well, that's great. Yeah, that's great. So how's things out in L.A.? Well, you know, we're trying to find the guy that killed, you know, whoever. There were people calling. You had Mark Furman today, they man. That was him. fast. That was great. Yeah. They <laughs> want to the believe. Yeah. They, they, isn't that the weirdest thing? Yeah. Is that, you know, we live in a culture as advanced as we are where, you know, psychics are still hold sway. People still think oh, they're going to win the lottery. Yeah. That, like, no matter how God-driven anybody is, this is the, the great thing about living in a nation of suckers <laughs> is that... I mean, we all are to a certain degree. You want to believe it. You know, why wouldn't you want to believe it? I mean, it's I want, true. And, and so, yeah. so, you know, you suspend we, your disbelief and you're like, this is, yeah, I want to, why, why, I want to engage with something real. Yeah. And then, and those are always the saddest when they realize, you know, it's, it's not real. It's like, oh. And you get, get some people get really pissed at you. Because you, 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 they feel like you took advantage of them. Yeah. And uh, some of them, uh, they'll get pissed at you this way. They'll say, oh, that was really funny. Yeah. And I, you fooled me for how long? For a whole year? <laughs> you know, that was really great. And then they start, you know, messing you and they yeah. start saying hey you're really funny you're really funny but there's something about them that's you know a little oppressive and you just don't want to talk to them right and so now they say not only did he fool me but he doesn't think i'm a cool guy and now they hate you yeah you oh know? yeah then and, the hate starts coming and i used to like you right yeah 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 you used to be good yeah you used to be a nice guy yeah yeah what uh, happened fuck. what happened yeah. you apparently got <laughs> you happened man <laughs> yes yeah, you came something went wrong it. inside of you buddy <laughs> yeah and, uh, it's, i got a death threat yesterday on facebook yeah and I said, here's what a death threat looks like, you guys. And I placed it up at, you know, in very prominent view. Mm -hmm. And I thought what was interesting about it was there's so many people that are not aware of that world at all. Of the trolls? Uh, they're, they're not aware of that death threat, you know, what we have to deal with on the dark side sometimes. It's the scariest, it's the scariest yeah. fucking thing in the world because... You know, not unlike anybody else in the world, you know, these kind of things happen all the time. There's always a couple of loose screws out there. Right. But, like, when you hear the stories, and, and again, you know, we're victims of it, too, when you hear about identity theft, or you, and, and then all of a sudden, then you really start to think about your life versus, like, a celebrity who can afford a bunker's life. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah. you know, if you if you do enough research, you can find my name and address. Sure. You know, it's, it's very somebody, easy. Somebody put my name and address on Twitter. Right. The, yeah. I, I've had that kind of stuff yeah. happen. So then you get one of these death threats and it becomes a little harder to dismiss. Right. Like, that is just some crazy. Then for two weeks, you're like, you're checking your locks. You're wondering what that noise was. Who, how fucking crazy is this guy? Mm. Is he with other people? And they, well, maybe that's just me. I don't know if you go through that. Oh, you're putting on camo paint. You know, you're <laughs> yeah. looking like you're going to get Bin Laden. Yeah, you know, you have fake know. nose. <laughs> Seal Team 6, I gotta, I'm on the roof now. <laughs> I, I uh, uh, no, you're right. And uh, But I, I, I've been at it for 40 years, and I've had uh, a, probably a, a, an average of three death threats a year in my life. And I, at some point, I got really pissed off. And I became uh, a little psycho. You know, uh, one night I actually got in the car and uh, everybody in the station said, no, Phil, don't do it. No, Phil, like, uh, remember in uh, Cuckoo's Nest? Yeah. No, Mac, don't yeah, do it. Yeah, Mac, yeah. while he's choking her. Yeah. I'm in my car going, I'm going to find this guy. Yeah, Some yeah, dude yeah. says, I'm in a white Mercedes. So I got in my car and I saw a white Mercedes parked at the El Pollo Loco. And I hit reverse and I pull up and I sat there. Staring into this this uh, into this white Mercedes, yeah. and I sat and I stared and I sat and I stared. Well, this is a caller. This was a caller, right. Who said, "I'm going to kill you, man." Right. Well, the guy in the white Mercedes is like, "The fuck?" Yeah, you know, he's eating his chicken. <laughs> he wasn't the you. guy; it was some other guy. You know, he's waiting for his wife to come out. You know, and I'm just, just yeah, yeah. You know, all <laughs> well, of a sudden, I became the crazy man. That's yeah. hap that happened to me, man. Yeah, it, it, and, and I've done it. You know, it, it, not to that degree, <laughs> but I was just starting out in radio, and I was getting mail about the show saying, like, "Get rid of Marin. He, you know, let it, he shouldn't be sitting at the grown-up table." And you know, and he was, oh. be, and, and these emails kept coming. And I, I'm still real sensitive about this shit. Of course. So Everybody I started emailing is, this guy back. Well, what exactly did I say? 
that upset you or, or made you think this. And then he's like, you're just not this and this, this and this. And then I go back again. It's like, well, I want to understand. And then it got to this point where he literally said, you know, why are you still emailing me? Yeah. Well, I'm it's the a, guy. It's a game. But I'm the guy. Now I'm the asshole. Like, but that, that it's also the moment that you should realize that this is all they want. Yeah. That they want you to react. And if you react, they win. They win. I and still fight this fight every day on fucking Twitter. Yeah. You well. know, I cannot, like, I, for two, <laughs> for two hours today, some guy didn't even take that big a shot at me. He just said, you know, I, I listened to George Wallace on Jay Moore's show today. It was smart and intriguing. Mark Marin, not so much missed opportunity. So I didn't even know what it meant. I mean, I guess he listened to both podcasts. It's, it's one of those dismissals that just kind of, it gets right in under your fucking skin But we're skin also a bit. fucking sensitive. Yeah. I can't seem to, you know, I know a lot of people are like, you just got to detach from it. It's like, well, you're not me. I mean, I, like, if I if I was able to fully detach from this shit, you know, I don't know if I would still be me. You wouldn't be in the business. <laughs> it, it, you do have to ignore it. I'll tell you, just so you feel better, man, I, I had a friend. Uh, I was making a really good friend with, uh, with someone in the business, yeah. a female, uh, and I won't mention her name out of respect to her. And we were really having great conversations and, uh, you know, making plans to kind of meet up and, and this and that. And then uh, an interview with me came out that was a good interview. Yeah. But she emailed me the negative comments in the comment section. Ugh. Didn't know if you saw this. Ugh, yeah, yeah. Now, all day long, I've been getting people saying, hey, good interview yeah, in the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool, man. Comment just, sections yeah, are the worst. Yeah, yeah. And this, my friend, who's in the business, yeah. sends me these three comments. Yeah. And I just, I said, gee, thanks a lot. And I don't have any idea why I reacted this way. Why would you do that? I was, I was increasingly strident. Because I really honestly didn't know why. She would send it to you. She said to me, I want to know if people are saying negative things. I want people to know that I, uh, the, why, why are you reacting this way? Well, I honestly don't know one person in this business that would send me negative comments on the yeah. day I really could argue. Yeah. What would you do? You know. However, uh, she did. And I'm sure she was well-intentioned, yeah. but that was the end of our fucking relationship, man. That she, was it. She wasn't even the troll. No, she was my friend. <laughs> she, you, you killed yeah. the messenger, yeah. Phil. I, I don't know. And I feel bad about it, you know? It, Why? Because she can't, you know, you acted in such a way that it's just not, you can't, there's no coming back from it. Well, I did apologize, but I think she just said... But I, I still think to myself, why, why would, why did she send those? Right. What? Yeah, I'm like that too. That, it's man. like you know, why, why no. you know, there are those people that uh, you know they sort of uh, they give you those compliments that end with, uh, well, what do you think? You know, like, yeah. you're like, hey, I thought you did a great, I thought you did a great job. How would you feel? How'd about you it? feel about I mean, it? Why don't you just leave it? At, you did a, you did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> I. I I, I totally understand, yeah. and the best thing to do is to, to not read the shit. I mean, I, it's hard. If you, when you go into your mentions, you're going to see it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting better at it, yeah. you know, because you start to realize that they're, they're all hacks. And it's about and it's, getting it's, a reaction. Yeah, and it's all, you know, it's all the same angle. Yeah. You know, how do we push these guys' buttons? And if you get a guy like me, who's, who has, a, you know, his console is always right out there in the open, <laughs> they're going to fucking come at you yeah. and keep pushing buttons. Yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah, <laughs> what's going on with the acting? Is that still happening? You know, uh, that's an interesting question. I... Um, Right now, and I'm looking for. I have an agent, but they're not really theatrical agents. So didn't I'm, they build a show around you at some point? Weren't yeah, you part I had a, a show. Uh, I had a pilot, yeah. two pilots. Right, and that was at one was at NBC, and the other was at Fox. One was animated, and one was live action. That was a long time ago. Yeah, uh, Steve Levitan produced my animated pilot. Yeah, and then he went on to create Modern Family, and now he's making a lot of money for other people. So that's really great, huh? Yeah, uh, right, sure. I'm just yeah, kidding, yeah, Steve. Yeah, yeah. I uh, but yeah, I'm looking for. Um, when I get 
free of this daily radio thing that I'm doing right now, I'm going to have an opportunity to do more. And that's what was happening when I left radio the first time. We had a, did a lot of pilots and did uh, got a regular thing on the unit and all this shit. Now I need to find a theatrical agent and then get back into the rooms and, and read. Yeah. You know, I'm getting yeah. those auditions. I was talking to Jay Moore about that. Jay says... If you can just go and do the job, you know you're going to be great at it. But yeah. no, you got to go into that goddamn room first, right. you know, and, yeah. and that's the place, you know, yeah. where you're yeah. just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. let me just act natural now. Yeah. Yeah. With you six, six people. Six people are looking at you, wanting you to just yeah. show me some talent, man. You've been here like 30 seconds. Or just show me that, you know, yeah. you fit some idea we have that has nothing to do with you. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sure, I'm willing to do that, but I... I uh, you got to be in the room a lot. You yeah. have to be auditioning a lot to to make sure you get your audition chops down. And this past year has been really thin, man. I got hired on New Girl, which was great. Um, I I've, I'm grateful for that. I was 300 pounds when I got hired for that job. 300 pounds, man. You got up that high? Yeah. I, I, I I'm the weight you see me. You didn't know me when I was fat, dude. I, I was like a big fat you know tub of guts. How long ago was that? A, a year ago. Really? Yeah. What, how the hell did you get so fat? Uh, I quit smoking. I had pneumonia. I was in the hospital, and I'd already been heavy because I got I got married. Let's yeah. start right there. Yeah. And that was to nine years of eating, you know, sure. fattening food. But then I uh, stuffing those emotions. Yeah, yeah. Sure, honey. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, <laughs> poor and poor Maria. She put on the weight too. Oh yeah. But um, uh, so I got pneumonia and I went in the hospital and I gave up smoking after that. And when you give up smoking, it's what else is there? Dude, well, I've been on nicotine lozenges for years. Good for, for you, years. man. Yeah, yeah, I know, but is it good? Now I yeah. can't live without these. Is that seriously? I love it. Do you mind it. if I try one of those? Are I, you I, sure? Well, maybe I better not. No, I mean. Because I'll be reintroducing nicotine. nicotine was, don't do it. Don't do it, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I love the spirit, though. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it. yeah, I quit smoking. And, and then I started eating, so I got up to 300 pounds. And uh, How did you I, take it off? I just uh, went on a 2,000 calorie a day diet. Just right. kept myself to 2,000 calories. And, right. and, you know, about three days a week, go out and run the beach. Yeah. And uh, feel better? I feel great, man. I feel great. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not an ego thing at all. You just look in the mirror and go, oh, that's the guy I remember. That's the guy that I used to be, you know? I'm telling and, you, carrying weight, and, I, you know, I'm nuts about it, so I don't ever get that high or high at all. But, like, just that, it literally, just to feel that on you, you, you know, you don't know who you are yet. You don't know who you are. You can't fit in any clothes. Yeah, it's... Uh, and when I went to the Portly shop, that yeah, was the yeah, end of that. And I did. I, what yeah, was I there for? I had to get a jacket. I was going to... So, and the guy says to me, yeah, can't get you into this jacket, Phil. It looks like it's tall and portly for you. And, I, and So I went, I found one in Camarillo, and it was a, sort of a dusty place with yeah. a guy coming out of the back with a tape measure. Oh, hi! Yeah. You know, and it just... Uh, <laughs> I said, just to give me a jacket, and I was just a fat ass, and I said, no, I, and I messed with, I didn't know what, how to do it, how do I exercise, yeah, what yeah, am yeah, I doing? Yeah. Finally, a friend of mine said, it's the food you're eating, yeah. man, you can go out and exercise all you want if you're not, so that's when I said, well, all right, I'll just do the 2,000 calories a day. That's what I did. And Good it, man, and, and it's it's a bitch, but it works. It's, it's, yeah, it works, it's, man. It's, and you, you know, your your everything's going to be better because of it, right? You know. Well, Jesus, man, it's man, been, I, I thank you so much for having me in, man. This is fantastic. It was great it. talking yeah. to you. We got a lot done. <laughs> got a lot covered. I learned some things. Yeah, and I think some people. I, I think you know, it's interesting to talk to guys like you who who are real innovators and you know, sharing some of your process. I think because there are people I, 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 that you've inspired. There are people that do the type that want to do the type of radio and take the kind of chances with podcasts that that, that don't necessarily do it. They yeah. don't quite realize how fucking easy it is. I'll tell you though, <laughs> and you know this as well as I do that. You know, if you're going to do a podcast, just get a good microphone. Yeah. <laughs> well, That's I'm glad you're fun, still man. at it, and I'm glad this yeah. whole new world is working for you thanks phil oh it's a great thing man
That's it. That's our show. Thank you for listening. As always, I appreciate it. Fucking love Phil Hendry. Go find his podcast, philhendryshow.com. He's got all his archives there, man. He's got it all. All of it. Go listen to a genius. Go listen to a wizard of the medium of radio. And where do you want to see me? Where do you want to see me? I'm going to be at the Ice House June 2nd. That's this Sunday in Pasadena, California. I'm going to be at Stand Up Live in Phoenix, Arizona doing stand-up on June 6th. That's next Thursday. I'll be doing the uh, book event in Washington, D.C. on June 11th at the uh, 6th and I Temple. I will be doing a, a book event at the Barnes & Noble in Union Square, New York City, June 12th, Wednesday. be doing the Bryant Park Summer Reading Series uh, in New York, June 13th. I'll be at the Harvard Bookstore at the Brattle Theater, the Brattle Theater, where I saw Spalding Gray swimming to Cambodia when I was in college, June 14th, doing a book event. Going to do that Paley Center event with some of the writers of uh, Marin here in Los Angeles on June 18th. Again, all these are available. All the links are available at WTFPod.com. Did I mention that? Go to WTFPod.com for all these links. I'll be at Helium Comedy Club in Buffalo, New York, June 20th through 22nd. I'll be Zanies in Nashville, July 20th and uh, July 21st. Look, go. I'll be at the main stage in Chicago in August, uh, the 1st through the 4th. Go to WTF Pod. Get all your WTF Pod needs met. WTFPod.com. Do that. Will ya? I'm gonna do some more characters. Uh, this is a uh, this is my monkey the cat character. What's going on? Where, where are we going? What's going on? What was that? What was that noise? What was that noise? Where are we at? How's it going? What's going on? That's monkey. Boomer lives. <laughs> <laughs>